0: Hello, this is Dr. Eugene K. Choi, and you are listening to the Neurohacking Podcast. If you're a heart-driven leader, then this podcast will show you the proven, science-based ways to tap into your unique superpowers. That way, you develop the skills to perform and feel at your best. And believe it or not, the only reason you get stuck and get uninspired and unmotivated is because your brain's been programmed to behave that way and I started this podcast to show you how to rewire those parts of your brain that aren't serving you so that you can learn the skills to activate your highest levels of performance, get your energy back, and find the clarity you need right now on how to powerfully create that life that you alone were meant to live, all using science that you can learn to use. You're listening to episode two, and today we're going to talk about the three ways that your brain keeps you stuck and what to do about it. In the last episode, we talked about the survival state and the executive state, and how your brain actually has survival state programmed to be your more normal state most of the time. And I found the research that We're actually in this state for about 70% of our adult lives, all because we're triggered by the stress response on such a regular basis. And this is a state where your brain and body think its life is in danger, even though it's not. And we've gotten to a place where your brain considers that normal. And that's the problem. It's become normalized because when it becomes your normal, then it's turned into your reality. Have you ever heard that phrase that you only use 5% of your brain? Uh, The reason that this has some truth to it is because by the time you turn 35 years old, 90 to 95% of your brain becomes subconscious. Now, what does that mean? It means you have a lot of programming in that brain that's running on autopilot. And part of the reason for this is because if you don't have some of this autopilot, you'd actually be going pretty crazy. Can you imagine having to go down the stairs thinking about, You have to move your right foot forward, then your left foot forward and over and over. Every little thing would go crazy because these kinds of habits and this kind of autopilot programming that we have in our brain actually does help us for a lot of reasons. But what also ends up on autopilot are the beliefs that you carry, the perspectives that you have, the thoughts that you're thinking. For example, did you know that you think about 70,000 thoughts per day? And 90 to 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts every day. And about a quarter of those thoughts are some sort of negative thought about yourself. And which state do you think gets activated because of that survival state or executive state? And because of a lot of these beliefs, perspectives, and behaviors that we have programmed into our brain runs on autopilot, that's why it's so difficult to change the things that we want changed, no matter how much willpower that you put into it. Because when the program is running, it's extremely hard to get out of it because when you're in survival, you're just reacting without thinking. Right, because if you're in front of a tiger, if you spend time thinking you're dead, this is why we need that part of the brain to react when the situation is right. So how do you start reprogramming behaviors that are hardwired into your brain, especially when it's easier said than done, so that you can get to your highest levels of energy, focus and clarity? And I found it's only possible through one way and one way only, and that's awareness. All of my extensive research showed this is the most critical element to change and success. So until you become aware of what the true problem is, then you can't even fix the problem, right? So how do you catch a criminal unless you know where they're hiding? So for example, I like to give this example from a really cult classic movie called The Matrix. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you seeing it, but I'll give a, a quick context of it. Basically, the movie is about this main character who's living in this reality, right? And then you have this... Mentor who knows what true reality is and offers this main character to get a taste and actually start seeing what's real So I'll just share the scene here real quick And it's a it's a famous scene where this guy Morpheus offers to the main character Neo Either a red pill or a blue pill and one pill will help Shatter the current reality so that he can see what's real This is your last chance is the truth nothing more what if the reality that you currently live in wasn't real and what if that current reality is the very reason you're having trouble accessing your highest levels of performance i know this sounds very crazy but i want you to bear with me for a second here because i'm about to help make sense of all of this on today's episode so again what is the reality that's not true It's that survival state reality that we have when your life is not in actual physical danger. And remember, you're in that survival state for more or less 70% of your adult life based on research. You know, I had the fortunate opportunity to get trained by this amazing, amazing coach. Her name was Rhonda Britton, and I want to tell you a little bit about her life when she was 14 years old she was heading out uh, with on a trip with her family and her father drives up brings the car to the front of the house opens his trunk pulled out a shotgun then shoots mom and then tries to shoot her and then when mom realized that she's trying to dad's trying to shoot her mom tried to stop him dad didn't know she was still alive so dad shoots her again and then shoots himself and at 14 years old Rhonda was the sole witness to her dad committing a murder-suicide. And I'm bringing this up because Rhonda went through some extreme struggles after that. It was, there was alcoholism, a lot of trauma because of this, and one day she was able to start turning her life around and helping a lot of other people. As a coach, she's gone on to have her own Emmy Award winning television show, and she's been on big talk shows like Oprah. And I share this part of her story to give context to one of the most transformative things that she has said. That to this day, it's something I hold very deeply. And she said this, Until you're willing to be wrong about everything you know, things will never change. And this hit me really hard because she lived this. She was willing to be wrong about her reality that life sucked, life was horrible, and she turned that around because she was willing to be wrong about it. So now I'm not saying that everything you know is wrong, but I'm talking about the subtle distinction where you have the willingness to be wrong, to be open, to challenge your own reality, even though it feels so true to you. And that's where the magic happens. So what does the reality that prevents you from accessing your highest levels of clarity, focus, and energy look like? It's that survival state that prevents you from accessing it. And the survival state is a reactive state meant for life-threatening situations only, such as when there's a tiger in front of you about to eat you. And when you're in this part of your brain, it literally cannot think because if you start thinking, You die right like we mentioned earlier so while this state is extremely needed in life-threatening situations it totally screws you over when you're in non-life-threatening situations but that's exactly what survival emotions like stress anxiety frustration and fear does to you in these moments it creates a false reality have you ever seen those moments in the horror movie where the characters going into the woods and all these Things are rustling out there and you think it's the killer, but then a cute little bunny pops out It's like we have that kind of tension every single day. We're just waiting for the killer to show up and we're stuck in that fear As a result, you see the survival reality feels so true for so many people on an everyday basis That's why we get stuck being nervous Anxious, frustrated, angry at so many things in life, and we protect ourselves from the things that were never really a threat to begin with. So that's when I went down this path to try to figure out, wait, is there a way to develop a skill, like an actual skill to activate your executive state at will? And I found that the answer is yes. And the most important first step here is awareness. I started looking at myself and everyone around me and saw how much we were in that survival state. And the only way I was able to see that is to understand what survival state even looks like, right? So I was thinking about, what are some really clear examples of fight, flight, freeze response? So, I tried it on my kids. Here's an example of the fight response. good. Theo, give me your toy. I'll take it. I'll take Why? it. Why? Take it. No? Why? You say, no, Appa. No, Appa. Okay, that didn't work. Okay. Give me your toy. I'm going to take it. No. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. No? No. Why? Can't I, I can't take it? No. Why? Okay, here. You can have it, Nora. I'm sorry. No, I'm taking another one. For you to <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you can have it, Nora. Hmm? i oh. oh. Okay, that... I did have to do some consoling afterwards, which I did. I made sure I gave her the space, uh, let her know what I was doing, what this is all about, and it wasn't really me trying to steal her toys. Uh, But I wanted to show this as a clear example because we do this as kids, don't we? Now, here's an example of what flight looks like. Dio, I'm gonna come catch you. I'm gonna catch you. Catch you, catch you, catch you. Catch you. And lastly, here's an example of freeze. All right, which one of you made this mess? Huh? Who? I know you can't see them, but they're just frozen. Now, as adults, we still do behave in the same way as we were when we were kids. But we just find more adult ways to do it. Here's what I found. For example, the fight response. Have you ever seen someone on the road and they get cut off and this person enters into road rage and tries to cut the other person back off. This is a fight, right? Or there's knowledge, people who fight with their knowledge. Do you ever meet people who hate being wrong or they always have to prove themselves right? This is actually a fight for the ego, right? Because there's some insecurities for certain people around ego about this perception about what it means to be wrong. If you're wrong, sometimes it means you're a bad person or you're stupid or whatever. There's a meaning that people give that. So that's why they try to defend their ego by fighting with their knowledge. And where this gets even more insidious is when people spend their whole life fighting to prove themselves of something. I'll give an example. You know, I had one client that I work with that achieved. Everything, anything would want on paper, you know, multi-million dollar business, all that good stuff. And the marriage, the dream house, and they were still feeling really off, really frustrated, like they were losing their edge. And as I started exploring with this client, we found that his whole life was a fight response. The reason why he got to where he is by creating this multi-million dollar empire and all that kind of stuff was to prove people wrong. Because his older brother happened to be a a professional sports player, and everyone compared him to his older brother. So he kept fighting for the things, even though it's not the things that he wanted necessarily. And it was just a reaction to this pain of always being seen as less than this sibling. So he spent his whole life fighting, and this guy was in his 60s now. So can you see how the fight response it will always lead to dissatisfaction, and it will always lead to burnout. So this is something to start looking at because when you're in the fight response, you don't see the whole picture. When your brain is in that survival state, it actually develops tunnel vision because if you're in a life-threatening situation, this is not a time to start examining all of your surroundings. It's time to really hone in on and focus on the one thing that will help you survive. And that's what leads to burnout. And it's a rude awakening for a lot of people. So I think this is why it's important to start looking at this to see where the fight response exists, whether it's in yourself or people around you. Now, the second survival reaction that we're talking about was the flight response. A classic flight response is procrastination. So procrastination is a flight from some sort of fear or some sort of perspective because if you think about it, It is a relief mechanism. It's a survival mechanism from something like feeling like you're not ready to do this or not capable of doing this. It stresses you out because you don't feel up for the task. So when you have this limiting perspective about yourself, one of the flight mechanisms is going to be procrastination. Another example of flight response can be avoiding confrontation with somebody that you're in conflict with, for example, right? So how many times do you have that person you want to avoid conflict with and you try to, you know, uh, run around the, the different hallway when you're at work or things like that? And that's another flight response. Another example of a flight response that gets pretty dangerous is when you start numbing yourself. I found that when you're in flight, what often happens is the discomfort of the anxiety or the frustration or the depression that you're experiencing causes you to start numbing yourself in some way so that you can disengage, whether that's binge watching Netflix overindulging in alcohol, sex, drugs, whatever it is, everyone has their preferred mechanism of numbing. Now, everyone does it. There's no judgment about it. This is just about bringing awareness, okay? This is just something where we just start to see more is the point. So numbing is a flight response because when we flee from what we don't want in our lives, as a consequence, we end up way further than where you want to be. In terms of your performance, your clarity, your focus, your energy, all of the things that you need to continue moving forward and getting to the place that you need to get to. But the thing is, just because you move away from something you don't want doesn't mean you're moving towards what you do want. This is where the flight response uh, in the long term gets you further and further away from where you want to get to. Uh, It's kind of like this drift, right, because we're not even focused on what we do want. now. The last of the fight-flight-freeze response is the freeze response. So freeze response is kind of like playing dead. Imagine if you ever got caught in a lie, you kind of freeze up. It's kind of like this feeling of, if I pretend I don't exist, or if I pretend I'm dead, maybe the problem will go away. We know a lot of animals do play dead, like cockroaches, for example. And uh, how this plays out in humans is when there's too many decisions to make all in one day, right? That overwhelm. So we stay in indecision, we freeze. And that's what happens for a lot of people when we're stretched too thin. Freeze is another response, right? Where we just stop. And then we might go into flight, right? Where we turn on Netflix or we uh, grab a drink or whatever preference that people have. So now I'm curious, do you see now how you or those around you are actually living in the survival state for the majority of our lives? Isn't it crazy? And that's the only reason you have trouble reaching your desired level of performance and energy. The survival state is actually extremely energy draining. This is because when your brain and body thinks its life is in danger, and it enters into that survival state, it starts spending a ton of energy to try to keep you alive. Think about how much more energy your heart is using to pump faster as your lungs speed up, as your muscles tense. And now your critical thinking centers in your brain are shutting down, so you can't even tackle the task you are hoping to get done. So when you're in that survival state, that's why your brain stays fixated on problems, but not the solution, because problems are actually very easy to focus on. Because for example, a mentor of mine, Danny Innie, always used to say, it doesn't take a genius to figure out why an idea won't work. Where the real work comes in is figuring out what will work. It takes very little energy to focus on problems, doesn't it? But a lot more mental energy is required to figure out a solution. And when you're in that survival state, you don't have that mental energy It's because it's the reactive energy that's energy draining. And when you're in survival state, you don't have that mental energy in your brain because you're in that reactive state. So even though we're rarely in life-threatening situations, what are we always surviving from? I saw that it was emotional survival. Have you ever felt inadequate or not good enough or ashamed or rejected well, guess what? When we feel these emotions, your brain will try to survive from that emotion because research shows that emotional pain is just as painful as physical pain. And going back to my earlier point, this is hardwired into your brain now to just react and survival with your fight, flight, freeze responses on autopilot each and every day. And these behaviors get programmed into your brain because of all of your unique life experiences. It keeps happening even though you don't consciously tell your brain to do it. Just like your heart beats automatically each day, now you're stressed, frustrated, or fearful automatically each day as well. So what can you do about this? I did a ton of research on this. You have to see the problem first. And this root cause to the problem of you feeling this lack of. Of clarity this lack of focus this lack of energy and performance in your work and your life is because of the survival state reality that you're constantly immersed in so ask yourself a simple question what does your current reality feel like for you very simple good or bad and what I found is all of the thinking that goes on in your brain When in survival state, it creates a reality for you that's out of alignment with reality. And I know this reality feels so true to you because of all the experiences you've had in life. That serves as evidence for why it's true. Everyone comes from different walks of life, right? Perhaps you've had overbearing parents that always judged your every move and tried to control you, right? So you spend a lot of your life in fight response to get away from them and prove them wrong. Or maybe... The anxiety and stress that comes every day from being a perfectionist triggers you to be in survival state because people are always so nitpicky with you or people persecuted or berated you for being wrong or not doing things good enough. Either way, can you see it? Can you see the programming that has been instilled in your brain to automatically operate as a result of the meanings you gave the experiences you've had in life? I want to share a story about a 25-year-old medical student named Roger Bannister. Back in 1954, it was thought impossible to run a mile in less than four minutes. And then Roger Bannister did it. He went on the course, the racetrack, and then he did it in three minutes and 59.4 seconds. He broke the record it was once thought impossible to do this yet here's this Englishman that does it up to the finishing line time three minutes 59.4 seconds shattering the four minute mile the everest of athletic achievement a great reception for the young medical student guess what once all of these people saw that it could be done other people started doing it 46 days later John Landy an Australian runner broke the barrier again Three minutes, 58 seconds. Then just a year later, three runners broke that new record. And over the last half century, more than a thousand runners have been running a mile in less than four minutes. This is something that was once thought impossible. Now a strong kid in high school can do it if they want it. It's the inability to conceive something that's possible that holds us back. It creates our reality You know, we always hear that phrase I'll believe it when I see it But how can you believe it until you see it first? That's what I always say Because to see what's possible You have to see it first In order to start creating the results Where it gets to a point now You and others can believe it When the possibility of a solution doesn't exist in your reality You'll never find it And your brain is actually very easily fooled Into what reality is how do we know this? You have a three pound piece of flesh called the brain, and it's sitting in the dark caverns of your skull. And all it does is it basically receives, interprets data, right? That's one of the main responsibilities, and then it responds to that data. And in essence, that's what creates your reality. So your brain can't see colors like your eyes do, but and it can't feel things like your skin does but it takes that data in into the brain and it starts creating this reality that you call life but here's the thing about the brain your brain is actually very easily fooled into what reality is. how do we know this have you ever been in a dream and it felt real so if your brain is easily fooled into what's real think about what reality looks like when you're in that survival state could it be that the survival state is not actually real it often feels extremely isolating, like the world is against you and that you need to prove your own worth in some way. It feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how much harder you work for it. And this feels so true, doesn't it? All of that fighting, all of that fleeing, all of that freezing takes a huge toll on your mental health. So I want you to take note of what moments in your life you find yourself in that survival state. Take notice of when you feel unsafe, Not just physically, but more emotionally. And where you feel the need to put your armor on, or run away, or just freeze. And write them down. Because I can guarantee you, as you start doing this work, it will single-handedly transform your life, transform your performance, transform your energy, transform so many things on so many different levels. And I've seen it in so many of the people I have had the fortunate opportunity of working together with. Schedule this time. Be intentional. Because... Distracting yourself can be a survival response as well, isn't it? Uh, we all do it. I do it, right? It's, it's just a natural survival response. Survival from anxiety that's been always there, or frustration that's always been there, or resentment that's always been there, or that little bit of sadness that follows you every day, throughout the day. Whatever it is, if it's an emotion that's a survival emotion, is going to trigger you to constantly be in survival. And question the reality. Question your reality. Is this actually real? So this is what happens to us in an everyday functional standpoint. Those racing thoughts that you have all the time, it's actually a survival instinct. And this often occurs when we face uncertainty. In the leadership world, there's a term called VUCA. It stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And all of this triggers your brain to be in the survival state. But think about what you deal with as a leader, as an entrepreneur. Every day you have to deal with VUCA, don't you? There's new scenarios that you have to tackle, new challenges that you have to face. But the great leaders are able to stay calm in the face of all of this volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And they use their executive state to navigate the challenges accordingly. Because the survival state impairs your ability to deal with adversity and complex situations, right? Because your brain starts filtering out a lot of information that's available to you because you develop that tunnel vision. And there's no time to think. You react instead. That's where leaders can make short-sighted decisions that they regret, especially when it comes from a place of anxiety, panic, or anger. And the survival brain can't handle complexity. It needs black and white answers because when you're in a life-threatening situation, it's not a time for ambiguity because ambiguity will get you killed if the tiger's trying to eat you, right? And it's only when you teach your brain and body to relax at will that your executive state can activate. Now you're able to start seeing the opportunities and solutions that were always there, but now in this state, you can actually see it, which brings you to a place of clarity when you're entering into your executive state. Now, I know I dropped a lot of information here, and if you're having trouble, I wanna leave you with some hardcore facts about reality, like what's really reality. And I'm hoping this helps you continue questioning your own reality if you're starting to build some awareness around your survival state reality. If you learned anything new on this episode, then you just created between 1300 to 2600 new connections between the cells in your brain. Your heart beats two gallons of blood per minute. That's over a hundred gallons of blood per hour. And it beats over a hundred thousand times a day through over 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels in your body. You inhale 2 million liters of air a day, and within seconds, it's transported to every cell in your body. And if you stretched out all the DNA that's in your body, it would reach the moon 6,000 times over. Your bones are four times stronger than concrete, and your nose can distinguish over 10,000 different smells. 25 million cells are produced in your body every second. And if you didn't know any of this, isn't it interesting how you couldn't see that until now because I mentioned it and brought it to your awareness? Are all of these amazing capabilities that your brain and body have just meant to be in a fight-flight-freeze response? Or could it be that you're capable of so much more than you can ever imagine? And the only reason you might be missing out on bigger opportunities is because of the survival state that prevents you from seeing them in the first place. I've come to believe yes. So this led me to constantly ask myself this question. What are you surviving from? Do you survive? by being a perfectionist due to your fear of not being good enough. Or perhaps you survive by overworking and not taking care of yourself because of your anxiety about not being loved and accepted for who you are. Or do you survive by overindulging in pleasures like alcohol, sex, or drugs because you have a deeper fear that maybe your life lacks meaning. Whatever it is, If you're starting to see the survival state more clearly, then you've taken the first critical step where you're going to be able to start activating your executive state. Because the moment you see survival state, you give yourself the power to do something about it. I always share this example where if you have broccoli stuck between your teeth, how can you remove it? Unless it comes to your awareness, whether it's someone points it out to you, or you see it in the mirror. So continue to take notice of each moment and start logging times of whether you or someone else is in a fight, flight, or freeze response and start writing it down. Make it a game because we need to see the culprit. We need to see the enemy that's preventing you from getting your energy, getting your focus, getting your clarity. Can you see how much survival state is going on around you? And when you turn it into a game, it just becomes a lot more clear, right? I see someone get cut off on the road. I'm like, oh, there's that survival state fight response going right now where he's reacting without thinking. Or when I'm feeling nervous, oh, there's that survival state in me being afraid of not being capable, not being good enough. And as you start seeing it, you start seeing all of the subtle nuances that are all behind the scenes to everyone's actions. And you start developing the eyes to see the disempowering survival state that is active in your brain and other people's brains so often. And now, as you see that, you're in a place where you can start the journey of rewiring the parts of your brain that's not serving you. And it gets you into that powerful executive state so that you can activate those superpowers in your brain that were always there. And as you start to develop this deeper level of awareness, then you can do something super exciting, which is start rewiring the parts of your brain, the programs in your brain that you know aren't serving you. And you develop this muscle where you can activate your executive state at will. You can learn what it feels like to just turn it on at will. And I'm super excited because I want to share more things that I found that can help you do this on the next episode. I'm going to share with you about four powerful tools that can activate your executive state. Now that you're in a place of awareness, you're ready to start having these tools that you will actually implement. It's not going to be something where it's just I'm telling you what to do, but because as you start being more aware of what's really going on in terms of survival state, we wanna start introducing tools that you'll actually implement, uh, which is what I'll share in the next episode. So I'm super excited to share all of that with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you wanna learn more, you can always check out the Neurohacking Podcast dot com uh, to get access to these episodes. There's a free training that I give around activating your executive state and being able to continue getting to these higher levels of clarity, focus, and energy. And just check that out. Feel free to reach out if you ever have any questions and be sure to give this episode a rating. I would love that to get this content to as many people as possible that need it. So thank you for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode.